Hello, welcome to Temple Talk. Before we begin, I need to mention a few things. Firstly, I am not an official representative of The Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, nor am I sponsored by them. I'm doing this on my own time and on my own dime. Secondly, every resource I use to create each episode are all publicly available material approved by The Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, and I will always include links in each episode description. Lastly, if you'd like to learn more about our beliefs regarding the temple and all things, I will also include a link to the website churchofjesuschrist.org in the episode description. Thanks for tuning in, and now for the episode. Welcome to Temple Talk. My name is Camille. I will be your Temple Talker. And today I have a very special guest. She is also going to be a Temple Talker. Emily, would you like to introduce yourself? Hi. Uh, yeah, it's me. Um, my name's Emily, and I love the Temple. I love talking. And so I, I hope I'd be a great <laughs> Temple Talker. Emily, I literally consider you Camille 2.0. That's not even a joke. That's hey. how I've always kind of thought of you. She's oh, I disagree about the 2.0. And even I agree about version of me. She's awesome. <laughs> so I'm really glad to have her here. She uh, did serve a mission for the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter day Saints yes, in South Korea. Yeah, the Korea Soul Mission. She's amazing. So um, today we're going to be talking about the plan of salvation. And that is a belief of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. It's kind of the outline. It answers the questions of where did I come from? Why am I here? And where am I going? And this is pretty essential to the topic of temples. Uh, the temple really plays a role in all of this, not only in, in educating us more about the plan of salvation, but it puts into effect what the Lord's plan is and why temples are essential in our worship. So. Members of the church believe that through revelation and scripture, we've learned of God's divine plan for his children. So I'm going to go ahead and take the first thing. Where did I come from? As I came to prepare to talk about the plan of salvation, I thought our heavenly father wants for us what we want for our own children. Whether you have children, whether you're planning on having children, he wants us to grow and learn to live and experience and gain knowledge and eventually become parents of their own and to have their own children. And so very much in the same vein, our loving Heavenly Father sent us here to earth so that we could learn and grow and to gain knowledge and to partake of the covenants of the temple and receive the ordinances that the temple has to offer. And for those of his children that passed away without a knowledge of this plan, there is this what this is what the plan is for for every child of god to come to the same knowledge and to make choices about whether they will accept the knowledge or not mm-hmm. if yeah. i may just yes, interject something yep. i think uh when i was i served my mission in korea and then before my mission i was an exchange student with byu there for a few months and then after my mission after i'd graduated from byu i went back and taught english there for a year and one of my coworkers um he and I spent a lot of time together, especially during training when we had to do commutes to our campus and then back to Seoul for where our hotel was. We um, we were talking a lot and everybody in my training group knew that I was LDS and they had a bunch of questions or they'd like make comments and stuff like that. And it was really cool. And um, I even like 
on one of the subway rides, I like drew out the plan of salvation for this coworker of mine because he was like, what do you guys believe? And then I gave him a little mini Book of Mormon for yeah, Christmas. And um, but when we talked about, you know, temples and like the plan of salvation and stuff, it was kind of funny because he was when he asked about like what happens afterwards and stuff, he was like, um, I don't know if I'll like agree to it. And I was kind of like, what do you mean? And he's like, well, even if I like hear this, then. I don't know if like I'll actually bow the knee. I'll just probably, you know, still do my own thing in the next life because he's he's doing his own thing in this life and that's fine. But it was funny because it's like, well, you already have agreed to this plan because you're here. You're one of the you're on the side of the people who did accept this plan. And regardless, it's not so much like, oh, we're going to like you have to come to our side and you have to take this pill or you have to do this or that it's going to be a choice and people will always be able to choose mm-hmm. and whether it's that they you know forget during this life that they did choose it so even if they hear it in this life and they want to still do their own thing that's fine um but you know when in the next life we believe that we'll have like perfect knowledge and so they'll be able to see like oh wait Maybe I do want to go back to this plan that I supported in the beginning. Oh, I like that. Thank you. Yeah, I think the two fundamental areas of the plan of salvation, the fundamental truths are, A, that God is not just an entity who's mysterious and has his own plans, that he is a loving father, and that this plan is for as many of his children to become like him, to become, to make those choices and to to gain knowledge. And so... Yes, we are going to talk all about the pre-mortal existence. So that was a great segue. Thank you. Yay. We believe that all people born on earth are children of our Heavenly Father and our Heavenly Mother. How does it affect your life, Emily, by having the knowledge that you're a daughter of God? It affects it a lot. Yeah. I needed that pause to be like, how does (laughs) this? Um, And when I was looking over this and just thinking of this question, I've seen a lot the other day I was in like, you know, the LDS bookstore mm-hmm. and stuff and like desert book. And uh, they were, there's like a little thing where it's like that reminder of like, you're a princess because you're a daughter of a king. And I feel like on one hand, um, knowing the truth, you are able to have that like self-confidence and yes. that self-esteem and that really that value of yourself and your body. And that's why. Um, I believe that there are so many, like our word of wisdom, I don't think that that's so much of like, oh, rules of things you can't do. It's just like, because you are so precious, let's take care of your precious body. Let's take care of your precious things. And, um, And so it's avoiding the things that can take away our agency through like, you know, if you're addicted to something or if you can't make good choices because of what you're using, but also it helps us um, be the best versions of ourselves. Like people can take it too far one way or another, like, oh, I'm a demigod or whatever, stuff like that. Like that would be an inappropriate way to look at it um, because that's too gawky and it's not trying to elevate us over anyone else because we are all children of God. But then also um, it's to put it into perspective that like you have that responsibility to get back to him. Um, you have the opportunity to get back to him. And so during this life, you are also able or you're supposed to help yourself and then also help the people around you. I like that a lot. Thank you. I used to have <laughs> a really low self-esteem and I just had to remember the Lord created me. Heavenly Father has created the universe as has created me and he knows what he's doing. He doesn't make mistakes. And that's helped me with my confidence going forward, going, OK, I feel small today, but 
I, I, I use this quote all the time. Uh, Neil deGrasse Tyson is an amazing astrophysicist. He talked about how there are more atoms that make up a strand of our DNA than there are stars in the known universe, which is just... <laughs> that is crazy. That's big. <laughs> and so we really are. Um, the plan talks about how Heavenly Father created this earth for us to be here and to learn. So we believe that we have a Heavenly Mother, and in perfect companionship, she and our Heavenly Father created every spirit in their own image. So we believe that spirits have physical attributes. We weren't just blobs or, as my dad would say, floating potatoes in space. He used to tell me that as a kid, that we were floating potatoes. Crumbs of mustard. Crumbs and blob of cheese. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think he was hungry when he had that analogy. <laughs> Uh, We appeared in spirit like our bodies here on earth, only in a spiritual state. Mm -hmm. And our spirits were very innocent. We were happy. I found quotes that from our church leaders that we made covenants in the pre-mortal existence. We call it pre-mortal before we came to earth. Mm -hmm. And we grew in the knowledge of the universe, of our God's love for us, and unity with each other. But no matter how much we learned, we could never become like our heavenly parents because we had no necessarily opposition in our lives. We didn't have the ability to choose faith and to um, make those choices that build character, that build strength, going through some of the trials and experiences that we do in this life. We didn't have that ability. Mm -hmm. And so we didn't need to have faith in our Heavenly Father because He was with us. We could see Him. We lived with Him. Mm -hmm. So God created this plan, and this plan includes, I'm going to quote this here, includes the creation, the fall, the atonement of Jesus Christ, and all the laws, ordinances, and doctrines of the gospel. Moral agency, the ability to choose and act for ourselves, is also essential in Heavenly Father's plan. Because of this plan, we can be perfected through the atonement of Christ, receive a fullness of joy, and live forever in the presence of God. This plan makes it possible for all people to be exalted and live forever with God. The scriptures, and also us, also refer to this plan as the plan of salvation, the plan of happiness, and the plan of mercy. Uh, so if you hear us use those terms, those are all interchangeable. It mm-hmm. all is talking about the plan. We're going to kind of get in and dissect that. This knowledge comes from uh, when Joseph Smith received the plates and the ability to translate, he went through the Bible and felt inspired to make certain footnotes and changes to the scriptures Mm -hmm. because we know through the Bible, the Old and New Testament, that through translation processes, through possible corruption of the texts, that things, that essential truths have gotten, have been lost. Mm -hmm. And so he was going through and with the help of the Lord, we believe that he was inspired in some of his translations. And so we have what we call the Pearl of Great Price, which was found from, wasn't it like, wasn't it like mummies? Do you remember the story? I think it was. What do you got? Basically, I think it was like scrolls that they had found with other artifacts. I can't yeah. remember exactly if it was mummies or if it was other things like that. But they found these these scrolls, these papyrusi, papyri, papyri. <laughs> um, and so they found these. They didn't know what they were, and then I can't exactly remember how Joseph Smith got them, but then they realized, oh, these are other documents that we can translate and that have these truths written on them. They're amazing. They're called, we call it the Pearl of Great Price, but it it involves all of Moses and Mm -hmm. his experiences with Mm -hmm. the Lord and becoming one of the greatest spokespeople, spokesprophets of the Lord. And actually, sorry, just speaking about Moses, a thing that ties in with proof of how not even in our own church, but in every church, 
and you know different translations of the Bible, um, how there are so many other examples of things getting lost in translation or changed in translation. Apparently, I learned this from a classmate of mine that I was talking to a while ago, and uh, we were talking about how you can't have misunderstandings about gospel truths because of the translation issues. And she said that there are statues of Moses in different areas of the world that have horns uh, because of how it was translated from the Bible, that part where it's Moses is coming down from Mount Sinai and he has the tablets and he's just talked with God. And so his face has changed and it looks bright and brilliant. There's light coming from it. And in one of the translations it had said like horns of light or like beams of light, but because it had the word horns in it, then people started like having Moses have horns on his head where it's I've like, what? That. We got my family, we got to go to Italy. And I remember yeah, Michelangelo's Moses sculpture. Mm-hmm. Is that Michelangelo? Yeah. That Maybe. had the horns on it. And I thought that's. Yeah. And that's where it devilish. comes from. Yeah. We're <laughs> not trying just... to make it be like pan or someone with like mm. the tablets, but, uh, and then I had mentioned how that's why we have angels that don't have wings is because for us, the wings, when it talks about people having wings in like Revelation or other books, that is translated as just power. And so it's showing their abilities. And of course, in art, you're trying to, you can't really show beams of light coming from someone's head It's hard <laughs> very well without it looking weird or in a statue form. I don't know how you do that. But like, so that's where like halos came from and having, you know, if you have an angel and a mortal person in the same photo, how to differentiate between them, one would have a halo or wings and that would That's just cool. be easier to do it that kind of power of ability of revelation mm-hmm. and divine power that's yeah. really cool i yeah. like that thank you see emily's awesome Thanks. she's the greatest guys oh my gosh and ladies ladies and family probably but um, <laughs> and emily she's i'll go family. back and listen to this uh so we believe that we existed with our heavenly father and that he created this divine plan the plan of salvation, the plan of happiness, the plan of redemption. We believe that he presented this plan to all of his children. This plan requires both justice and mercy to be fulfilled through an intercessor who can fill the divine laws of heaven. So basically, we believe that there are consequences for sin and that it can stain our spirit when we choose to sin. But because of our Savior who took upon himself the pains of our sin that he can be an intercessor to allow us to to uh, allow us to repent that he can forgive us and we can become clean again and so you see how the laws of justice were fulfilled in the savior and i'll leave that more to emily um and how the law of mercy both apply so the plan was essential that we could all come to a place earth to learn and to experience to have faith part of the main crux of the plan of salvation is not being able to remember our pre-mortal existence. If we could remember it, then we wouldn't need to have faith because we already had a knowledge of our Heavenly Father. And so we needed to come somewhere where we couldn't recall those events of the pre-mortal existence to go through what we call a veil and to make those choices, to experience physical opposition to things. We, Our spirits can't, can't um, I, I don't think our spirits can feel sensations like our bodies can Mm -hmm. and so that's something that we are working towards uh i'm making a mess of this not at all (laughs) okay even i get wrapped up in words (laughs) well even just uh just like describing to someone what it would be like to climb a mountain would be totally different than actually climbing it yourself like so it's 
no matter how much we were developing and progressing as spirits in the presence of God before coming to the earth, we couldn't know anything about it. Just like if you're trying to describe how a flavor tastes or how a color looks, like you have to see these things in person, you have to do them in person. Otherwise, it's totally secondhand. That's awesome. Thank, Thank you. you. Thank you. Like <laughs> it's the same way of putting out. It's like I just words are happening. That's why it takes two to make a podcast go right. Podcast. I've already done two episodes. So we'll see how that goes. Thanks two to do a tumble talk. Who does? And tango, tango and tumble talk. Tango and tumble talk. So basically, what this boils down to is a savior is needed for the plan of salvation to work, and so. We have that Lucifer, um, who's known as... Son of the morning. Son of the morning, yeah. He volunteered to be the savior of the world, and yet he demanded that he be given the glory and the praise for doing so. He also presented the idea that every child of God should be forced to make righteous choices so we could all return to God. Why, Why wouldn't that work? Sounds nice in theory, I guess, that we all get to come back, but the the word force is a little intense. (laughs) It is a little intense, but I think it's also just that it wouldn't be the same experience. Mm -hmm. Um, There's another classmate of mine, just to, you know, talk about all my classmates together. (laughs) But but just as an example, you know, like you can go through a program and you can do the things happily, or at least like, hey, I'm going to get a degree out of this, so I'm going to contribute, but I'm not going to make any friends. I'm not going to not going to actually enjoy being mm-hmm. on campus with these people. I'm just going to do the work and get out. Yeah. <laughs> so, and that's one way to do things. And, you know, if that's what you want to do, but that's not the best way. And so it's like, also when I was growing up, when I was little, I would, you know, we had a bunch of chores and if I ever was like, Ugh, I'm doing my chores, but there's a grumpy way to do them and to get through them and I think that was me the majority of my childhood but then there's also like a oh I'm gonna do this and it's gonna be fine and I can listen to music while I do these chores or I can you know I can have an approach that will make this not as difficult a work as it could have been and so not to say that you know this life won't have the hard times that will definitely be hard for us to get through but if every child of God was like this is what you're gonna do and you're going to like it, and you're yes. going to take it, then, you know, it, it would be regardless of their choice, and they're not going to be as as rich of an experience as it was supposed to be. And they probably wouldn't progress as far either. No, for sure not. I think about my little niece, Lucy. Oh, she's so cute. She's five. Hmm. I'm picturing if she was forced with every decision that she had, she wouldn't have the personality that she has. She's gotten to develop her independence and her sassiness all on her own. She's done a great mm-hmm. job with that. Um, but, you know, if if every choice she was forced, not even between one or two, it's just here's here's what we're giving you. She wouldn't be the same person. She wouldn't have had that some of the happiness that comes with it and some of the misery that comes with mm-hmm. making choices. And I think that's essential to really think about ourselves as children. We're learning. We're growing. We have so much to learn. And I'm sure there are times our Heavenly Father just want to pat us on the head and be like, Oh, you. Thank you for trying. <laughs> You're doing the best with what you have. <laughs> but well, we also time. we also probably wouldn't have been able to know why all the yeah. other things. Like I, mean, I think there wouldn't really be a why, really. Yeah, it wouldn't. We we would have no real appreciation or concept of what things could have been like without a savior, because we would have the savior, and this would be the thing, and that's just it. Mm-hmm. And so it would be almost 
like the brainwashing of yeah. we wouldn't know any other side. It would just be a two dimensional like sounds like experience of Earth. Yeah, it, would. it kind of does. <laughs> yeah, like a dystopian yes type thing. Yes, where it's all chosen for us and we can't, you know. It's a perfect setting. Maybe for every even the giver. Age how, like, yeah, it's like the giver. How That's, they're yeah, they don't live in color anymore, and um, and they also don't even really choose their job. Their job is chosen for them. Isn't that yeah. how it was? It's yes. been a while since I've read that book. But it's been a while. Um, and I heard the movie wasn't great. So it's oh, sad thing. I only sad. saw trailers for the movie. I had Meryl Streep in it, and I love her. Oh man, it came out when I was on my mission, so I didn't. Uh, I don't. Good excuse. <laughs> I didn't. <laughs> awesome. So. So Summer's plan wouldn't work. And Jesus Christ, he volunteered to be the savior and to allow Heavenly Father's plan to work and to let God retain the glory of the plan. He wanted to do his father's will, essentially. Mm -hmm. Jesus Christ is our spirit brother and the first spirit created by our heavenly parents, which is why in the scriptures he's often referred to as the firstborn. So in harmony with the plan of happiness, the pre-mortal Jesus Christ, the firstborn son of the father and the spirit covenanted to be the savior. There are examples of this in the Pearl of Great Price and Moses and Abraham. Those who followed Heavenly Father and Jesus Christ were permitted to come to earth to experience mortality and progress towards eternal life. Lucifer, another spirit son of God, rebelled against this plan and sought to destroy the agency of man. Mm-hmm. So um, because there were two people, two spirits that volunteered to be the savior, there was a lot of discussion and argument. We refer to it as the war of heaven, Mm. which is not, you know, it's not a Lord of the Rings battle of Helm's Deep kind of battle. I don't think, Mm. I mean, we're all spirits. I think we just go through each other. That would be kind of pointless. So like jousting, but (laughs) nothing (laughs) through each other. (laughs) Just nothing. So there was a war of words, a war of discussion, arguments uh, between all of God's children about the plan and whether we should choose to follow Jesus Christ and Heavenly Father's plan or to follow Lucifer's plan. And yeah, I have that. It was kind of like a war of words, a lot like a war of words just feels like ever since 2020. I know. I was (laughs) going to say, the last few political elections (laughs) Mm -hmm. and everything on Twitter and social media. It's great. It is YouTube comment section. It is. I hate YouTube comment sections. (laughs) They're the worst. They're so depressing sometimes. War of words. A lot of debates. 1000%. Yes. Um, We do know because of the scripture that a third of the hosts of heaven, so that is a third of all of the children that God created, chose to follow Lucifer, who was cast down by God. Now, I want to emphasize this. Lucifer knew exactly what he was doing when he was rebelling. He chose to rebel mm-hmm. and to lead spirits away from Heavenly Father through his empty promises. So we do know that all of those that followed him can never come to earth and gain a body like we can. We chose Heavenly Father's plan, and they they just, it's an empty promise following Lucifer. It's a hollow plan. There's nothing that he can do about that. And so he lives in anger and wickedness and his goal is to try to get as many people to sin and to not make it back to their heavenly father to become kind of miserable like him yeah just the ultimate villain ultimate villain which story and also talk about irony is that if it had been his plan that got chosen no one would ever have been able to rebel yeah and i never thought of that he's like i'm rebelling against your plan but because it's god's plan he had the agency and the ability to still rebel yeah. Whereas if it had been Lucifer's plan, um, even if some of us had, you know, gotten breakthrough revelation of like, yeah. hey, this is not how things 
should have been or could have been, uh-huh. then that would have been silenced, smothered, and re-educated That's out of us. fascinating. I hadn't thought about the irony of that. I think Satan is the epitome of every, like, double standard. The mm. whole, like, rules for me, not not for thee. Yeah. And he wanted no. all the credit. Yeah. yeah. So every exception that every unfairness is basically him. I yes. Think, in terms of that. Not to give him too much credit. Maybe he wants all the credit. Because <laughs> he does <laughs> want all the credit. credit. That's so to give him all the credit, which you so desperately wanted before coming here, he, uh, I think he, you know, it's that whole thing of like, well, I had a perfect plan, mm-hmm. but because you're taking this away from me, now I have nothing left but to mm-hmm. destroy, you know, all these other, all these other people's mm-hmm. lives. Mm-hmm. Their whole future happiness is now gone because of him, which is just so sad and, and mind-boggling in terms of numbers. Because yeah, you know how how many people, fathom. if you think about all the humans I've ever been on this planet or ever will be on this planet, and people are already like, "Wow, overpopulation, <laughs> all that yes. stuff." And then guess what? There was still a third that should have been here with us. Yeah, but because of Lucifer, they're gone. Spirit brothers and sisters, mm-hmm. we were. That would have been heart-wrenching to right? experience that. The good news is every spirit that remained and chose God's plan and chose Jesus Christ as their savior is on this earth and has lived on this earth or will live on this earth. So mm-hmm. if you are listening to this podcast, you made the right choice. Good job. Existence. We're so proud. High fives all around. Way to be here. Way to be with us. So we should have matching jackets. That I yes. chose God's plan. <laughs> Hashtag I chose God's plan. <laughs> Keep calm and live the plan. That's keep calm terrible. and choose Christ. By the way, I'm trying to come up with a tagline to close out each episode, and all I have is keep calm and temple on. So if you want to keep throw out anything at the end of this episode, choose I want to see God's what plan. sticks. Choose God's plan. Or stick to the plan. Because we already chose it. Right? We did. We already chose it. We're all here. Keep choosing it every time. Every day. Awesome. So Emily is going to walk us through. We've covered the pre-mortal existence. Emily's going to walk us through mortal existence, which is the why are we here, which is also answered in the pre-mortal existence. But that's where we came from mm-hmm. and part of why we're here. Yeah. Yep. We are here to live. Yeah. As the life, mortal life would would suggest. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's interesting as we were talking about the whole pre-mortal life and that it is a plan and tying into like, how does knowing that you're a child of God affect your life? I think that means that you look at this life as an intentional thing. Mm -hmm. It's not an accidental. We weren't just a big bang. Oh my gosh, this newt tadpole thing grew legs and came out of the water. And then it was a monkey for a while. And now it's a human and it happened to be you. Mm -hmm. It's totally not random. Mm -hmm. I was reading a book and it said that microbiologists, some of the top microbiologists in their field over the years, have definitively concluded that life should not exist. Hmm. <laughs> that was, they said, statistically, we shouldn't be here. None of this should be here. There's no way. Statistically, it's impossible. And yet, here we are. Here we are. It's pretty amazing. And that's because it was planned it for was us to planned. be here. And and I feel like that's that is then where you get into the rub mm. or the question as mm. like how much is planned. So we know that it's a plan. There's great comfort and peace and power from that knowledge. Mm-hmm. We know that our lives are meant to be, that they are the way that they are and that they were given to us for a reason. But then you have the other side of the coin. Well, then is everything bad that has happened or does happen to me? Is that also part of the plan? Mm. And that's really hard for a lot of people. Yeah. But, um, cause it is hard, you know, if you, 
we say we believe that you know uh that the family that you're born into isn't accidental and if you have a great family that's amazing that's so great and heartwarming and very awesome but if you are born into an abusive family or a broken family or you don't have any parents because they birthed you and then left or ditched you then that's devastating because then you're like well why was this my plan how come this is my slice of life and um and that's where it can get really difficult but it all goes back to the purpose of this life which isn't to have the best life (laughs) we want to hashtag live our best lives Mm -hmm. and we want to get to that place but um really the main purpose of mortal life is to get a body and so as soon as someone is successfully born and here then that already is checking off what the purpose of mortal life is that's Mm -hmm. the first part um which then of course you can do all that where like what if you don't have a perfect body what if you were born without 10 fingers and 10 toes and you had some other issues that happened um and so there's a lot of things that can bog this mortal life down Mm -hmm. because it's not perfect but a good point i was thinking with my niece you just want to shelter her from every bad thing ever and you just want to keep her with you forever right and a lot of the heartache and trials that we experience are from the result from someone else using their agency to choose something harmful and hurtful and the lord still allows that because that's their agency Mm -hmm. they can make that choice to make bad choices that's their right um how we respond is how is our right. So a lot of that trial does come from the negative effects of someone else's bad choice. Mm-hmm. But we also do believe that the Lord has allowed hard things to happen because that's what builds faith. That's what builds strength. And mm-hmm. by choosing him every time and choosing Jesus Christ every time, we can grow and strength and knowledge and kind of, I don't know, I always feel this analogy about talking about when I feel the spirit, I feel like it's my spirit inside of me reaching out to home. Mm. It feels like it's remembering heaven as my home. And you look into any child's eyes and they are just the sweetest little bundles are just straight from heaven. Um, And you can tell they have so much innocence about them. And so, no, I'm really glad you brought that up. For sure. And yeah, so it's to protect from the negative. But as you were saying, God also... Like, we know that this is a fallen world that we're born into, and our religion isn't the only one that thinks that. Um, a lot of people have noticed that this life isn't fair and that there are a lot of things around, not just the negligence or the bad choices of other people, but just life itself. The thorns, the thistles, the the uh, the weeds that can get in the way of all the good things in our life. Um, but I think that's also for a reason, because it can't always be sunshine, flowers, and things fruiting or blooming spontaneously we do have to work for things and that's also a lesson and so the first part of this mortal life is for us to get a body that's the first checkpoint that we have to cross and then the next checkpoint and i think this is the checkpoint that you know differs in length and intensity for everybody on this earth is how much we're going to learn and progress Mm. because as long as you get those two checkpoints, then that's the point of this life. We're supposed to prepare to meet God, to prepare to go back to Him and um, and take these valuable lessons that we can only learn here in this physical form. Mm-hmm. So, can I, yeah. Can I throw out this in here? Please. Um, I, I want to defend my girl Eve. I love her. And I feel a lot of 
I love her too. People view her very negatively. So I want to cover just a little bit about Adam and Eve. Mm -hmm. We believe in the Old Testament and the New Testament. And it talked about how the serpent, Lucifer, uh, beguiled our first parents to make to make the choices that we now live in a fallen world. So we believe that Adam and Eve were in a very similar state to the pre-mortal existence. They were very happy. They were very innocent. And and they were in a garden. They were in a garden. Where everything was nice and beautiful for yes, them. It does sound really nice. It does. Uh, minus the spiders and cockroaches. But they were still nice and good spiders and cockroaches. Yes. They weren't know. fallen yet. They're celestial spiders. I won't think about that. Um, but yes, they were very innocent and happy, and they resided in a garden. And the Lord gave them two very specific commandments. One was to not partake of the fruit of the tree of knowledge of good and evil, and that they needed to multiply and replenish the earth and to grow in knowledge. And so when Lucifer, they refer to him as a serpent, we believe that's very symbolic that Satan is not a snake. He came in his form and he talked to Eve and told her, you need to partake of the tree of knowledge of good and evil. And that was his way of, let me try to make them trip up in mm -hmm. God's commandments. But <laughs> unbeknownst to him, I don't know, maybe beknownst to him, the irony of it was more Eve, irony. <laughs> more irony, was Eve recognized that they needed to transgress the law so that way they could fulfill their other law of multiplying. They couldn't do both. And so in the garden, in the garden. And so Eve made a very conscious choice to partake of the fruit because she knew that she and Adam needed to follow God's commands of building up families. They couldn't do that in the garden. They couldn't make choices. And so Anyway, I just want to defend her because I'm sad that a lot of people view Eve as just this naive, mm. mischievous lady. She was very aware of the plan of salvation. Right. And she knew that that is what needed to happen, that this world needed to be in a fallen state so that the Savior could come. And so we could learn and the plan would work. Right. And also so that the sin wasn't having relations with a husband. Yeah. Too, because right. then that's what people think is like, that's oh. That's true. The original sin was having sex yeah. or like having this. Whereas we know that having by eating that fruit, they became mortal mm -hmm. and then they were able to die. And that was the issue. Mm -hmm. But yes, I agree. I was just thinking about Eve the other day myself. Yeah. We had been in the temple this last week. And I think it's interesting that Satan came to her by herself and mm -hmm. also to Adam. And so that's another thing that Satan likes to get us. Yes. alone and then he dumps us so he dumps us like true. that um but yeah i think just to sum up the mortal life uh we're gonna have our different issues we are all gonna grow at different rates and different speeds and progress is personal it's not across the board and um and it was like that in before we came to this earth people advanced at different levels they grew in faith it's just that without a body they could only advance so far so now that we are here and we have bodies, you know, sky's the limit. We can advance uh, intellectually and spiritually as far as we want to, um, God willing. <laughs> yes. And and with God's help, we can have the personal revelation that we need for our life and for every single one of our trials, which is just really helpful. Mm -hmm. And as we mentioned before, this is where the temple will really come into play. We'll talk about that in future episodes that 
those who do not currently have this knowledge of the plan of salvation, they will still have a chance after death to learn about this and to choose whether they would like to accept the Savior, that Jesus Christ as their Savior, or they would like to make other choices. Mm -hmm. So we're going to talk a little bit more about that. It's going to be so good. There's so much to look forward to. Okay. For life after death. Life after death. We have to face it. At some point, death happens. Mm-hmm. We've seen it happen in every movie, especially movies including Sean Bean. That guy dies in literally every film, except for National mean. Treasure, weirdly enough. Also, the rising Jupiter ascending. Did he not die in that one? He does not die in that one. Amazing. The Honest Trailer says that that's how you know it's a crime movie. <laughs> he only dies in crime movies. Him <laughs> being in Game of Thrones, which I've never seen, is such a spoiler, though. Like, it is. You're like, this character, don't, don't get, get attached, attached to him. Oh, yeah. So, okay. So, life after death. <laughs> so, this answers the question of where are we going? Mm. So, we've talked about how Heavenly Father is a loving God who wants to give all of his children a chance to repent and to attain celestial glory. Mm. As I've mentioned before, a lot of people live in this world without any knowledge of this plan. And so, we believe that in the next life, they will have every chance to learn and to grow after they die before the final judgment. We do believe that there is a final judgment that our Heavenly Father will do. But at that point, everyone will have had the chance to choose and also get their temple work done, which again, we'll talk about in a future episode. It's also exciting. On Temple Talk. It's amazing on Temple Talk. (laughs) So, but you also, I think our, just to throw in that like our version of Judgment Day is not terrible. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Sorry, I was thinking of all these other versions of like yeah, sure. Armageddon. Like even yeah. the, there's a show on Amazon Prime called Good Omens, which is about that one. Uh, it's Neil it's Gaiman's it. books. Yeah. It's really good. But they're, you know, the end of days is supposed to be very violent and mm-hmm. everything like that. And um and not to say that the end of, you know, however the world ends, that there won't be calamities or natural disasters happening before then, because that is part of it. Since yeah, the scriptures teach that there will the be. The scriptures do teach that. So yes. Before the second coming, there will be a lot. But I think people miss, uh, they think that that calamity and everything is also tying into the judgment day. Mm. Like it's the same thing. And you only will experience those things if you're the bad guys. But really, everyone is going to be going through those same you know, everybody is going to go through those same natural disasters mm-hmm. um, if they're on this earth at the time. And so it's not necessarily like only the good or only the bad will go through them. And then once it gets to judgment day, I don't think it's going to be cut and dry, easy breezy, like good versus bad. Mm-hmm. Um, as we've said before, and as this whole plan of salvation proves, God is our loving heavenly father. And so it's not that he, he's not going to be wanting to send anybody away. Mm-hmm. He wants everybody to come back. So he's not going to be the one saying, oh, no, you didn't make the cut. <laughs> you mm-hmm. you, uh, you had a 92.3 and the cutoff, the cutoff sadly was a 93. And you only had a 92 and we round down in this life. So <laughs> he doesn't round down. He is trying to get us all back to him. And so the judgment, um, it might, you know, we might feel scared because the only times that we've been judged have been in like final exams or uh, stressful competitions or stuff like that in this life that's our only experience with that but god is love and so his judgment is always going to be 
loving and it's going to be supportive and he's on our side. Mm -hmm. So he's going to be biased for us, if anything. Mm -hmm. It makes me think of the parable the Savior taught of the the workers in the vineyard. Mm Mm-hmm. That there were those who had been laboring the whole day, and those were there were those that came in at the very end and started to labor. And then when they all received the same payment, the laborers who had worked the whole day felt it was very unfair that the people who came in just for the end of the work were paid the same amount. To which the loving Lord of the Vineyard talked about how they came in, they came in and they worked. Mm-hmm. And and, you know, you think about those people who were trying desperately to get in some sort of wage for their family and how much heartache and hardship they had to go through to come and find the vineyard even in the last hour. And that those who had been laboring there the whole time had some peace and some knowledge. And so it's just the Lord grants us mercy. And if we're making those good choices in this earth now, that's going to save us a lot of heartache. I think we will all, nobody's perfect. We'll still have to go through a repentance process, but it might be harder for those who made bad choices in life. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah. And I think God is going to be fair at all times. Yes. It's this life that's not fair, but God is going to make everything equal out. And, um, and I remember once in high school, I, uh, I really wanted, I was applying for, at the time our high school did a, um, like a senior mentor program where like senior students who were who had good grades and were, you know, involved in a lot of activities and stuff, they would be mentors for different freshmen kids coming in to high school. And I applied for that. And I thought I was a shoe in because I'd been at that school for a long time. Most of the teachers knew me. Like we had very small classes because it was an international school. And um and so I thought I was a shoe in, I assumed. And then I didn't get it. Almost everybody else, not just from my friend group, but then also in the senior class seemed to get it. And I was kind of like, what the heck? Because then I was like, well, yeah, these kids are good, but they also, I know that they party. I know that they drink. I know that they do all these things. How come I didn't get it? And so I was really bitter because I was really upset. I was like, what the heck? (laughs) And even other people would be like, oh, I'm surprised you didn't get that, Emily. And I'd be like, you know what? (laughs) Shut up. Me too. I really wanted it. And then a few months passed and I learned that we were actually moving from that school we'd be going back to the states and so I wouldn't even have my senior year at that school so it's kind of Mm. it made sense in the end because I was like well yeah like that would have caused problems so it was just easier not to have me get it at all Mm -hmm. um but I still remember how bitter I was especially towards friends of mine that had gotten it and Mm -hmm. it seemed that like everything else in their life was going great and one of my sisters was back from her mission and so she was living with us for a while before coming going back to the states for BYU and I was complaining to her. I was like, it was just so nice for her that God loves her so much to bless her so much. <laughs> I was 100% petty and bitter and being like, well, that's great that you love her, but what about me? And uh, and it was awful. Not a good color on me. Not a good color on anyone. But I feel like we often have that mindset. And I don't think that, obviously, I don't know how, you know, bad friend that I am. I moved away. I haven't kept up with all of my friends from that school very well, but, um, you know, I can't judge how her life has been since then. Mm -hmm. And I can't compare it to mine at all because it's totally different. And so that's 100% going to be what the judgment day is going to be is that we won't be able to say like, Hey, this isn't fair that this person gets that, that, and that, Mm -hmm. because we don't know everything else that they had to do in this life or what they had 
before that. Mm -hmm. So um, we're not the ones with the full balance checkbook. Yep. God is. And he definitely is going to have everything balance out. Mm -hmm. And I okay. think one of the prophets or someone said that we believe in happy endings. And mm -hmm. if you're not happy, then it's not the end. Mm -hmm. I can't remember who said that. But I feel like it was recent-ish. And um, But then also it's that that whole thing of like everything will match up. And if it isn't fully resolved, then it's not the end. We're still going through the, the wine press process. Yeah, um, I like that. I, with your story, we had a leader in our church who described, he said, the Lord takes me from blessing to blessing, kicking and screaming. <laughs> and <I was> like, <laughs> there we go. Because there's so many times I think, why me? Why is this happening now? And then I see, oh, this this worked out for the yeah. better. This worked out, out for my benefit. Right. And as soon as you're leaving one thing, you're like, no, I want to say It's like... Um, I worked at a children's museum for a while and I didn't know those. Before. Yeah, I did. And uh and I have forty one nieces and nephews, so I know that that's you not know, even an exaggeration, not even joking. It's not an exaggeration. It is legit. Currently, as of this date and time, I have forty one nieces and nephews, all natural, none were adopted. But so with little children, like if even if you have this amazing thing planned for them, if you're starting to take away something from them, be it a toy that they're playing with, or, you know, if you're at some fun location, if you're at the park and they're having so much fun and you're like, okay, we got to go home now. And even if you have like a pizza party with cake at home, mm -hmm. they're still going to be sad that they're leaving the park. They're still yeah. going to be throwing a fit, maybe a little bit sassy, depending on their age. A lot of the times the Lord saying no is wait, I have something better. Exactly. And so as good as this life is, as good as we love being alive, and we, a lot of people fear death, I think, because mm -hmm. we don't remember this mm -hmm. plan. We don't remember that, hey, it's not even a huge gaping chasm of death. It's mm -hmm. going to be a small doorway. And then it's going to yeah. be this amazing reunion with our loved ones, with our family members, with so many great things. And uh, dang it. Camille, it's okay. You got me the crane. Um, Elder Maxwell said, death is not a period. It's only a comma. Exactly. Which I told that to my friend over the phone and I got it wrong. And I said, death is not a period. It's just a coma. And that changed <laughs> the meaning terribly. Anyway, sorry. <laughs> no, that was me. Away from your beautiful testimony. No, it's that. true. But I think it's that whole concept where in this moment, we think that this life is everything. For good or for bad, when we're in a really bad situation or if we're having a, we're sick with the flu or, you know, chronic illnesses or other bad things, we think like, oh my gosh, this is going to be like the rest of my life or this is my life right now. And I can't imagine this continuing. If we're in a really good situation, we're like, this is amazing. I can't want this. I don't want this to end. I can't imagine anything better than this. And yet it's that fear of losing it that makes us fear the next step. And yet uh, we can know that death is just the threshold or the comma as you said and um and regardless of when it comes for people it's not as final of a thing because we're not finite beings we are those we are these children of god and we have a destiny and a life beyond this earth mm -hmm. Thank you, Emily. Yeah. That was really beautiful. Thank you. Hey. You're amazing. Hey. I don't want this podcast to end, actually. You know? <laughs> Even if you planned a pizza party, I still would I'd rather keep doing this podcast. You know? And it doesn't have to be the last one. We can have more together. Amazing. That's so good. The promises continue. <laughs> 
Just um, like in the temple. Just like in the temple. Oh my goodness. So all of this boils down to why does this matter? Why does knowing this plan matter? If hmm. we're going to get to know the knowledge at some point, why does it matter knowing it now? Um, I have this quote that I took from uh, thechurchofjesuschrist.org. I'll always include a link in the description to all the resources that we use, scriptures that we've referenced, and also a link to the website where you can learn more from missionaries if you would like to learn a little bit more about what we believe. But I will end with this quote. With this knowledge, you can base important decisions on eternal truths rather than on the changing circumstances of life. You can continually improve your relationship with family members, rejoicing in the promise that your family can be eternal. You can find joy in your testimony of the atonement of the Lord's commandments, ordinances, covenants, including temple covenants, Mm -hmm. and doctrines, knowing that he who doeth the works of righteousness shall receive his reward, even peace in this earth and eternal life in the world to come. The plan of salvation is so hopeful. It doesn't doesn't make everything easy. There are so many hard things in this life. If you've been listening, you were alive during 2020, and that was really hard here. And every year since then. And every year since then, <laughs> it's just been just as good as the and sequel. Many years before then, we're also just hard. as good as the original in many ways. <laughs> um, but having this knowledge gives us peace and purpose. And that is what we will be exploring in the rest of this podcast and why we do temple work and why we do temple worship. And the ability that we're able to make covenants on behalf of those who have already passed away so they can choose whether they would like to accept that or not. That is the work of salvation. It's all very exciting. Do you have anything you want to add? Any closing thoughts? You don't have to. I just say amen. You feel like we got everything in? Yeah. yeah. I love that quote. That awesome. I love the temple and I love this gospel. It's a great plan. So good. This is such an exciting podcast. <laughs> we're excited for all the good stuff to come. So I'm going to try my tagline. If you want to throw in a tagline, (laughs) thank you for listening to Temple Talk. Hope you join me next episode. And remember to keep calm and temple on. I'll just add the hashtag stick with the plan. Stick with the plan. (laughs) Stick to the plan. (laughs) Oh, since Emily's here, she's studying dental hygiene. I'm a dental hygienist. My sister came up with the tagline of in healthcare, choose dental. In life, choose the temple. What do you think about that? That's amazing. Great. <laughs> that is that hashtag is, stick with the plan. <laughs> that's right. True Thank you, plan. Emily, for joining me. She is <laughs> so you, amazing. I love her. Hey, her all hug. of that is right back to her. Oh, so exciting. Mm. Hope to have you again. Bye. Thank you so much. Bye.